Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to and watching Chopper Talk, and I appreciate it more than you will ever know. And as I go through this process of starting this podcast and figuring out all the technical specifications, like the microphones and the cameras, and how to interview guests, I just ask that you be patient with me as I figure it out. And I do this podcast with you in mind. If you have any suggestions or any questions that you want me to ask, please let me know. I am trying to get better at this and any suggestions you have, I will gladly take. And if you find yourself enjoying this podcast, please go ahead and leave a review and like it on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, either the Apple Store or Spotify. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Christina. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, there I am. Doing good. I am so excited. You're like the number one person that I've ever wanted to interview. Um, you are my best friend. Uh, and I kind of want to go through and just tell the first story of how we met. So we both went to school in Hawaii on the Big Island. We went to a school called Mauna Loa Helicopters. Yep. And uh, I was out at the beach one day playing around, no shoes, because I was on the beach. And I stepped on a sea urchin. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are big sea urchins out there. And it hurt so bad. I thought about going to the hospital because I was like, this is bad. Like, I should go get this checked out. And uh, I didn't. So I was like reading up things online, what to do. And one of them was like, Soak your foot in a tub of apple cider vinegar. Yep. So you know what I did? I went to Walmart and I grabbed like these big one gallon things of apple cider vinegar, threw them in a tub and we had like this porch on uh, the front of the house, the student house that we we're all living in. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, soaking my foot in a tub of apple cider vinegar and you walked in. I came walking with my two big suitcases. That was it. That was my first time in Hawaii. <laughs> you saw me soaking my my foot in yeah. a tub of apple cider vinegar. I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be a year. <laughs> how long? How long were you in school in Hawaii? I was out there for exactly a year. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So. Well, that's a crazy way to start this because today you actually hit your 1,000 hours. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is that 1,000 total or PIC? It's 1,000 PIC. Okay. I am very, very particular with that. <laughs> I'm like, it's my 1,000 PIC, it's not my 1,000 total. Yeah, when someone asks me my, like, how much time do you have flying? I'll tell them, like, my total hours. And you always tell them your pilot and command hours, yeah. which is, like, technically more important, but the, thou or the, the total time is more impressive. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like for for many places, if you know you want to go somewhere else, or you're talking to companies or any other helicopter places, then it's often the PAC hours they're looking for. I don't know. Yeah. Some places are looking for total too, but I I like to count my PAC. That's the hours I've been the piloting command. And <laughs> yeah. I think that's cool. It's it's way more important. Um. So I like I don't hear your accent because. Like, I talk to you every day, like oh, you're my best friend. But there. for everyone listening uh, and watching, where are you from? I'm from Denmark. Where in Denmark? I am from the Copenhagen area. Uh -huh. So I, you know, I'm from Sealand. I'm from Northern Sealand, which is like the capital island. And I, I definitely have an accent. I don't think I have that much of an accent anymore. I'm, I'm a little tired. It's late in the day now, so uh -huh. it's definitely coming out. It's uh -huh. like the t more tired I get, the more it comes out. And, uh, you know... I would go around thinking I don't have that much accent and then, you know, every new person I, I meet, they will be like, oh, so where are you from? And I'm like, mm, okay, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not there. Do you think you sound American? 
I don't think I sound American, but I don't think I have that very particular, like usually Danish people we're known for, it sounds like we're talking with a potato in our mouth. That's and interesting. I, yeah. And I don't think I have that much of an accent, but I, it's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. And I can hear it too. And uh, shout out to your boyfriend, Mete. He's Russian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did you guys meet? Uh, so we met in the city. Yeah. We, we, I've been, I did my private pilot's license here in New York. Okay. So uh, you went to school at Independent Helicopters. I did. And that's I, where we both work now. Yes. I did my <laughs> private license here back in 2019. And I did that part-time. I had a, still had a company back then that I was also doing part-time. And so that took me a little while. I started out here in April 2019, and I got my license in December 2019. So, okay, wait. So you started the pilot journey in April of 2019, and mm -hmm. it's almost April of 2022. Yeah. So to go from zero to 1,000 hours PIC, yep. wait, how many total hours is it? So I have about a thousand and fifty-three, I think. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's so exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. So to go from uh, nothing in April of 2019 to CF I, congrats. Mm -hmm. So cool. <laughs> uh, to a thousand PIC today took yeah. you just under three years. Yes. Are you pleased with that timeline? Oh, absolutely. I think too, I've been, I always say to my students, like a lot of the first students I have, they will ask like, oh, how long can I expect it takes? And I'm really like, it's it really all about how much time you put in, how much effort you put in. You can do it in a year, you can do it in three years, you can do it in five years. You know, it's really, it's so, it's such an individual course for everybody. And that's why I've kind of been forced to be a little bit on the fast track because I'm on a visa. Mm -hmm. So I have to do full-time study. I couldn't do it like as a, the first year I did, I was on a business visa that was kind of different. But when I actually started to like, okay, I'm going to go full-time. I'm going to go out in Hawaii. I'm going to do all my licenses. Um, then I kind of had to do it full-time thing. Okay. So I want to dive into this visa thing. Yeah. Are you, so, okay. Mm -hmm. What is your, like, how does the American government see you? Uh, they're like, it's great you're here. But what are you considered? Sorry. Oh, just like a visa holder. Okay, just a visa. What's the difference between that and a green card? So a visa holder, it's very, it's based on what you're doing. Mm. So you, you only get a visa for a certain amount of time, specifically for what you were here for. When you're not here for that purpose anymore, you can't stay. So right now I'm here as a student. That's how I applied for my visa. So when I'm not a student anymore, and that's like, that's the pilot world. As a visa holder, we have something called uh, CPT and OPT, which is when we're done with our training, we're allowed to go out and have some practical training, which we can get paid for. And that's basically how, when we can start working. Mm, and so that's what you're doing right now. Yeah, so it's, it is a work visa, but it's not a work visa. It's a work, work visa based on my student visa. Yeah, sense. yeah. So yeah. You, you can be a visa or you can be a student, get whatever training, education you need, and then they're like, you can go work for a yeah, little bit. For two years. So you can work for two years after you finish your training? Yes. Okay. And shit, so you're like a year into it? Mm hmm. And then you've got another year. And, and then what? Then, you know, America was like, it's great you were here. I'm glad you spent your money. Now go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> can you extend this anyway? Uh, you know, I could try and find an employee that would give me a work visa, but that costs a lot of money too. And I feel like a lot of pilots are a little flaky in their first years. You know, I don't know. Uh, so I, I think it takes a lot to find an employee that actually going to invest in you and actually get your work visa. 
do you, process. Do you want to stay? You know, if I had the opportunity, I would probably want to stay for a few more years. I would not want to stay here long term, just because there's a bunch of like, you know, I'm very grateful for being here, but you know, there's a there's just things that I don't agree with, and mm -hmm. you know, so that's that's like, yeah, I would like to stay here for a few years, but not not for life. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of crazy. Uh, uh, shout out to our friends um, Agnes and Michelle. Yeah. Is it, wait, hold on. Is Denmark considered a Nordic country? Yes. Okay, and so is Sweden. Yes. Okay, listen, I'm stupid. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking for the dumb man. Okay. No, usually people would be like, "Oh, Denmark is not the capital of Sweden," and be like, mm, "That's close enough." I'll take it. <laughs> but so there's like all these Danish people. Uh, or, Nordic sorry, <laughs> these Nordic people. people. All what these, are they? <laughs> all, like, all these Nordic people we went to school with and are working in the helicopter industry. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is what it is. Um, so, I kind of started this with talking about our first time meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, another, we'll, we'll get into the helicopter stuff in a second. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but another crazy story is we went hiking in, what was that valley? Oh, Do you remember on the north coast? Yeah, it was like with the lava beach. Yeah, and with the waterfall yeah, that we yeah. hiked up to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember what that was uh, called? No, so, pu pu Pulu Valley or something. Yeah, like that? A Pulu Valley. A Pulu Valley. Something, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we went on this hike, gorgeous, uh, super cool hike. Then, as we were coming back, like my foot was in so much pain, mm -hmm. like because I had an ingrown toenail. I'm <laughs> completely forgot. Yeah, so my toenail was growing into the side of my foot, and. Uh, it was like, it was excruciating. So Chris, being my mother on the island, yes, <laughs> I had some uh, liquid courage. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I was laying on the couch and uh, Chris went to town and gave me surgery. Yes. So uh, the reason I said that is because I wanted to say thank you for doing that. Oh, time, Deb. You know what? I was like, don't pay money for that. I can do that so much cheaper. Like we're already in big debt. If we don't want any more, don't go to the doctor. I'll clip that nail up. <laughs> so, so thank you for saying that. Um, and you actually leave this Friday. I do. So we're filming this on Saturday, so you've got, what, six days left? Yeah. Where are you leaving to? I'm going to go for a little trip to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> a little trip? A little trip. So your progression was flight school, flight instruction, and mm -hmm. can I say what you're doing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You're going to be flying tours in Alaska. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, is that what you wanted to do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For, like, was it's, that... been, it's been a big dream of mine since I started. And uh, I, you know, I've heard for so many different people like Ben and, you know, yeah, a bunch of people that's been up there flying that it's beautiful. And uh, I follow a bunch of people that fly up there and it just looks incredible. And coming from the Nordic countries myself, I kind of enjoy the cold and the nature. And I grew up in the countryside, a little side note. And so I really do appreciate nature and, you know, so I'm really excited. And like you feel like that's going to be the next best fit for you? Yeah, absolutely. That's like I, I'm very much of the person that's like it's, it's going to be the best fit for me because that's what I want. It's crazy because you had the opportunity. You live in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how long do you commute over here? It's about an hour. Yeah, you drive an hour every day. Yeah. I drive 40 minutes, so that's okay. But you live in Manhattan. You had the opportunity to fly helicopters in Manhattan if you want. Like where you're at with your hours right now, you could fly 407s, 206s in New York City. And that just didn't seem like a, the right fit for you? 
I mean, that would have been a great opportunity too. Like, it really would. And um, but I, I just feel like you know, I, I need to get this adventure out. And you know, it's a, it's a great career opportunity too. I feel like it's like it's gonna be a big challenge to fly up there. It's gonna be such a different environment. It's gonna be different helicopters, a new team, and you know. You know, I really do hope that I can find some way to stay here from for some more years. I would like to do a few seasons up there if possible, um, which I yeah. So that's like it's I I think that yeah, it's a great opportunity and it's very different from the environment that I fly in right now. And I think that as a pilot, it's for me at least it it gives me a lot to fly in different places. Just the difference from flying in Hawaii to here has been like insane. Yeah, it's like I feel like when I came here, I knew nothing about weather. Because we have so much weather out here, we have such changing weather, and in Hawaii, it's like you you do have weather, but it's more stable. When you when you pulled like the weather app for like uh, Kona, where we went to school, it's like the you look at like the ten day forecast 80, 80, 82, 81, 79, 80, yeah. 80, 80, 80, 80, 72. And here it's like, and you know that's wonderful. Like it's wonderful weather to fly, and you can good to fly. train in. Yeah, absolutely, you can fly every day. Out here, it's like in the summer, you have thunderstorms every almost every afternoon. You have like just this afternoon, I was about to go on a night flight, and you know, Taff was saying there was nothing really on the radar, but then within like half an hour, there was like a little bleep that came through, and like suddenly it's like gusting twenty in the city, and that's that's not so nice. So it's like it, it's it it very it changes so quick, so fast, and it's like you you gotta constantly watch the weather. Well, and but you know what? I think weather weather changes quick everywhere. Hawaii, like in the valleys, weather changes super quick. Mm -hmm. Here, weather changes super quick. In Alaska, weather is going to change super quick. Mm -hmm. So, but I think... No, but so I, I would say like I, you know, checked radar and stuff like that out in Hawaii too. It was like, I don't think I had one day where I didn't fly. True. Because something was rolling in. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, weather is definitely changing all the time. Um, but here it doesn't really matter if you're going to fly down to zero, you're going to stay up here. Weather's coming in, weather's coming in. Yeah. Like, you. It is Women's History Month. It's hey, like, it's March. It? I didn't know. Yeah. Hey, that's exciting. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, it's it's March, it's Women's History Month, and you are the first female I've had on uh, the podcast. Yay. Yeah. Um, no, not the first female I've had on the podcast, but you are the first female I'm having this month. Yes. Um, I kind of want to talk about women in the helicopter industry, because... I, ha I think I might have a different perspective than like the vast majority, mm -hmm. but where I went to school in Mauna Loa, mm -hmm. probably f six, 60% male, 40% female. Mm -hmm. Like there was a lot of women there. Yeah. Here, uh, I work for a female-owned company. Heather, our boss, she is a female owner and we've got tons of girls that work at this company. Um, you are a pilot here. We're training, I've got multiple female students. Mm -hmm. Do you feel, do you see the disparity? Like, do you see the the vast difference? Like between a female and a male pilot? No, no, no. But like the numbers of female pilots and male pilots. Because in my perspective right now, it's pretty, it's it's almost equal. Really? I would say like right now I have three, two and a half female pilots. Two and a half. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you mean two and a half pilots? I have like one is only... I'm sharing with another instructor, so that's why I say like two and a half. Oh, I see. Like two and a half. Of my students. I see. And then I probably have like over 20 male students. Okay. So it, it still exists, but it, I think 
from my perspective, there's just a lot of females in the helicopter industry, and I think it's, it's of course, it's a good thing. Yeah, I feel like you're surrounded. Yes. With a lot, and I feel maybe that's how you feel it, and you know, there, there's, I don't know the statistics, and there might be coming more into the industry. I would love that. I personally, you know, don't see the big difference between a male and a female pilot, like you know. Oh, totally. Yeah. I I don't either. Um, and I know many female pilots that are far better than some male pilots mm. um, for different reasons. But uh, I want to ask you this. It's kind of like an intimate and deep and maybe um, disrespectful question. But have you ever been like sexualized in the industry? Have you ever been like, I don't know, taken advantage of because mm. you're a female? Yeah, no, I really don't think so. I don't, I really don't feel like that. I feel like there, you know, has there been made comments? Yeah, but I, I think there is a fine line between being disrespectful and being uh, jokey and, you know, I don't know, sarcastic or, eh. so I, you know, I see myself as a pretty laid back person. And so I like a good yoga, I like good humor, I like, you know, a good chill vibe. And uh, so I feel like there's a thin line between that. And I never feel like I've got disrespected. But, the- but I also think that as a female, I I don't know if this that's what it but that's what I I hope that I do. I put out a vibe that you shouldn't even try, you know. So that's like that. I feel like that's. That's also what I'm trying to put out there. So the other the point I want to ask is, we've also had a very protected experience so far. Mm-hmm. We haven't really been pushed into the industry yet because mm-hmm. um, we went to school and now we're instructors in schools. Right. We haven't really experienced what the industry has to offer. Mm-hmm. So I guess you'll have to experience that and maybe there's nothing to experience yeah i i honestly like you know not said that there's not that out there there probably is i really haven't i haven't really encountered it and you know that i'm i'm lucky for and i you know i hope that i'm not going to and i'm just gonna try and choose nice places where there's a good work environment where I go and I don't want to be seen as a female either I just want to be seen as one of the team yeah and I think that's important too sometimes it's being pointed out that you're a female pilot which I you know I can see both sides Mm -hmm. like I I love for more women to be in the industry and I get that it can be hard but I also sometimes think that pointing out the difference makes us different that's a really interesting point I've never thought about because like when I talk about Heather, mm-hmm. our boss, I say, oh, I work for a female on business mm-hmm. and I work for a female yes. helicopter pilot, mm-hmm. which like when I say that, it's like, oh, I'm doing a good thing. Like this is so cool, but it's like, yes. I'm, am I making it worse? And what do you think? Yeah. So that's, that's why I am because I feel like it needs to be promoted because we are a minor- minority like minority. Yeah. And uh, so that that aspect I love too, but I also sometimes feel like I don't want to be pointed out because I'm a woman. Yeah. A woman because I should just be it should be 
it is not yet, but it should be. At, it shouldn't really matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my point. It shouldn't really matter if I'm a female or a male. All that matters is that I'm doing a good or a bad job, like, you know. Yeah. And and that's what I want to be assessed on. I don't want to, oh, that's she's a female pilot, that's cool. No, I should be cool because I'm a good pilot or because I do good stuff or, you know, I'm a decent human being or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to be cool because of my gender. If that makes sense. Totally, of course it does. But, but also on the other side, so I see both sides. On, on the other side, also I feel like it needs to be promoted that, you know, as a female, you can be a pilot if you yeah. want to, and I think that's really cool. Uh, so it's like a, a two-sided thing. Well, and um, one of the organizations that is really supporting this is Whirly Girls, mm -hmm. and they do incredible stuff, constantly giving out sponsorships. Yeah. So if you're a, a, a young female and you want to become a helicopter pilot, look yeah. into the Whirly Girls, yeah. and they're constantly promoting um, all of you guys. Yeah, I actually got a scholarship from them. Really? Yeah. How do you do that? They're great. Um, they're they're really great, and they do support a lot of women that's trying to get into the industry, and that's that's wonderful. I I just send an application, so you can go on their website. I think every year in August, you can send in an application for the scholarship you want. They have it on their website. Uh, you need to be a member, and then you just send an application for the scholarship you want, and then hopefully you get it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're doing great things to support female pilots. I think. The, um, I think we are in a really good position as an industry right now. Um, constantly, I do introductory rides uh, with with girls, with women, um, and they they don't really seem to ever be um, intimidated or scared, and they want to do it. So I think I think we're in a good place with, with that. When we talk about this, we have to talk about pay. Have you at all felt? So we've only had this one experience getting paid, but. From your perspective, from the female helicopter pilots you've talked to, mm -hmm. you think there's a discrimination there? And I'm not uh, looking for one, no, but no, 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 no. I, you know, I think I'm very biased because I'm working for a female helicopter pilot boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't think she would ever pay me less than anybody else. Yeah. So uh, in that sense, no, I haven't experienced it, and I don't. That's again, like I don't think I will if I'm just doing a good job, and I feel like you know, asking for what I want, then I will get it. Yeah. And I feel like that's the point. Like, you know, you, you got to ask, otherwise you won't get. What helicopters are you going to be flying in Alaska? I'm going to be flying the A-Stars. Ooh, like the AS350 or something? Is that what yes. it is? Yes. 350. Yeah. <laughs> so you said uh, when you started doing your training here, you also had another business. Yes, I used to make ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what? Whoa. Okay, walk me through how okay, that so, happened. Yeah, I got straight up out of uh, gymnasium. We call it like a thing in between high school and college. What's it called? Gymnasium. Gymnasium? Gym. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. So it's like a three-year thing in between. So we don't. We only have a nine-year, like nine-year school. Like high school is thirteen, right? Uh. What do you mean? 13 I, years? Yeah. No, it's up to grade 12. So, you're 18 when you graduate. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, you're saying 13 years old. No, no, 13 years. No, like, is it like our high school. Years? No, high school is only four years. So you go to elementary school from like five yeah, yeah, till but, 12. How many years have you gone to school until you, before from, you start college? From five to 18, so 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got it. So it's like 13 years you went to school. In Denmark, you go nine years. That's like the base school. That's it. Uh -huh. And then you can do three years gymnasium, and then you do college. Interesting. Yeah. So it, I did the gymnasium thing, 
I was not too fond about it. And I actually did, I did my first year, I did a gap year, I went to Ireland. I lived there for a year, I did horses, I've done the question for many years, pretty seriously. And so I did their train and lived there for a year, came back, I did my last two years at, of gymnasium. And then I was like, I don't really, I might want to do this, this airplane thing, but I don't really know. And I had a few friends that were going to like fixed wing school, went out there a few times, it really sparked my interest. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I probably want to do that at some point. And then like at the same time, I had some digestive problems and I had to avoid milk and dairy products for a while. So I was like, you know what? Went down to my local supermarket. They didn't have any great ice cream without dairy in it. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to make it myself. So I went home. I made some terrible, terrible ice cream. It was literally just frozen smoothie. It was terrible. I emailed the, the biggest supermarkets in Denmark. And I was like, hey, I made an ice cream that was better, better than you have in your store. Do you want to taste it? Like, you know. You want, you want it? No way. Yeah, and he, he, he emailed me back, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I went into their main office. He invited me in for a meeting, and I came in there, and I just didn't have, I didn't have packaging. I didn't have, no, I didn't have a production. So I did, had nothing, and he was like, you know what? I just thought it was so bold that you just emailed me, and I just wanted to see who you were. So, and he tastes my ice cream and he was like, yeah, that needs a little work. Like, it's not, it's not great yet, but like, go home, figure it out, get a production set up, like, do that thing. And I was like, sure, let's do it. So I found a little, through some friends, through some friends, they had a little production going where I could test my ice cream and make them better. And there was an ice cream scientist. That's a thing. <laughs> There's a lot of science in it. Like, I'm not going to get too technical, but there's a lot of like how air, fat and protein binds. That's what makes a smooth ice cream. And that's like a whole science, how much sugar and how much fat and yada, yada. But anyway, so he was an ice cream scientist. He kind of helped me figure out some recipes, some ground recipes. And then I started production. I was in production like many day, many, many hours every day. And then I was like, well, now I have to find somebody that's going to sell that's that want to sell this ice cream. So I just Googled the 100 best cafes, Copenhagen, called them all. I had seriously out of 100 free people that said, yes, we want to try and sell your ice cream. And that's kind of how it rolled. And then I got my first, I went to the nearest supermarkets, just showed up, showed my face. And I was like, hey, do you want to sell this ice cream? This is how it tastes. And they were like, yeah, let's try it out. And that's kind of how it started. And then it rolled from there. I got a bigger production. I went on Shark Tank. We got some investors. What? Yeah. Wait, the show? Yeah. yeah. The American show? Yeah, so we have a Danish version. It's the same. It's what? The same. Yeah. Yo, keep, keep talking. <laughs> so we got free investors there. And then it kind of rolled even more from there. And I was like, well, I didn't even really, really wanted to make ice cream. It just kind of happened. And uh, then I did that for four years. And, you know, then at some point I was like, well, I actually did want it to fly at some point. And, you know, then I tried to still do the, the business. That's how I got my business visa for the first year when I did my private certificate. Oh. So I was trying to still do my business at home while I was here during my holiday. My, my, like when I got here, I was like, oh, I'm just going to take half a year. I'm just going to get my private license. That's kind of going to be it. And then I just kind of got caught on it. And then... 
Yeah. So I, so, and then it didn't work out and then it ended up like I sold the company and I, I don't have anything to do with it anymore. And that now I fly helicopters. Yo, what? <laughs> yeah. Chris, that is the, I, I literally didn't know that about you. Well, there you go. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I, that's like so crazy ballsy of you. Thank you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was not even trying to be, I feel like I was just raised very, uh, my parents are very much like that. Any any idea I've ever had, they're like, go for it. That's like, If you fail, great, then you learn something. That's totally like else. the entrepreneur spirit. It really is. And you learn a lot. I, For the first year, I didn't earn a penny, and I was literally doing like 16 hours every day, yeah. even nights sometimes. And it was just hand production until we got enough volume that we could kind of out-license the production a little bit. And it got more like marketing and stuff like that. So it's like, it's, 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 people always think it's so glamorous being an entrepreneur. It's really not. Does that brand still exist? Yeah, it's still, it's still in, in, in Denmark. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Chris Ice Cream. Chris Ice Cream? Yeah. I don't know. They, they did buy the brand and the recipes and I know, yeah, I actually, I haven't seen if it's, it's, it should still be there. Is it still under, I wonder if it's still under your name. Yeah. Can it, can it be shipped to America? <laughs> I mean, that's going to be hard. I actually, we tried to ship some samples once, once like to, I think it was US or China or something like that. And it didn't work out. It was melted. We tried to do it with like, uh, how do you say, very frozen. It's like, yeah. Dry ice? Yeah, dry ice. Thank you. Yeah. And it still didn't work out. Really? Yeah. Chris, that's so cool. Is that how you paid for your training? No, so it actually didn't like, it was still, it was, it was all right, but I, I got a little bit out of it, but not a big, you know, big cash out or anything mm -hmm. like that. So I, I did that, that, that helped. And then, you know, my parents have helped me too. Mm -hmm. uh, they have literally been the best, biggest supporters ever. And then my boyfriend too, has been very supportive too. So I, you know. Do you have loans? Uh, I do, I do have a little bit of loans, but nothing crazy. Nice. Yeah. No $117,000. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That's like, that's, thank you. Being like a European pilot, you're only, well, no, you're an American pilot. You're not a European <laughs> I'm pilot. I'm not a European pilot <laughs> at all. I want to talk about, that's, a whole that's what I want to talk about. So you got all your FAA stuff, yeah. which is cool for being here. Mm -hmm. Can you take that and go fly in Denmark? No. No. Okay. Talk. So it's like, what is I, it going to take for you to, do you want to fly in Denmark? I, you know, I would like to someday. Uh, it's a very tiny industry, tiny, tiny. So I will probably be flying in, you know, Norway, UK, Holland, something like that. Europe. Let's say Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm aiming for Europe at some point. Denmark. Yeah. That would be wonderful one day, but, but who knows? Yeah. So what's it going to take for you to fly there? Uh, a lot of hours, a lot of experience. It's, I would like to go into EMS one day. No, but like, let's say, how do, how do you convert that? Listen, I'm an American CFI. I don't know what the conversion takes to get to no, EA. So. I didn't even know either. And honestly, I've been emailing a few companies in Denmark too, and I still don't quite know. I, I know it's about 13 exams. Jesus. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I basically have to redo my license times 10. <laughs> yeah so it's 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 a thing i i can i can take my hours with me so that's that yeah that's beneficial yeah it, it really is but you know it, it takes a lot so that's why i'm also like oh, i don't you know i would really try it would be great if i could figure out a way to you know stay here for a few more years i feel like i'm not done with you know we're not done with you yeah exactly <laughs> i'm not done with you guys so yeah. no and 
just from my experience, what I've heard, um, the EASA system, um, it it's significantly more difficult. The standards are much higher because if I'm being honest, like I'm grateful to be an American pilot, but it's pretty easy. Like, I, I don't want to minimize anyone's work because you got to take the test. You got to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the thing. If you pay enough money, eventually you can probably get it. Yeah, if you, I, I, I still feel like you need to put in a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication. Yes, it def, it really is. I, you I, know what? You're right. It yeah. is. Like it when is I think a about lot it, of dedication, <laughs> a lot of time. Uh, I feel like we forgot a little bit. It was so traumatic that we kind of suppressed it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it was definitely a thing, and you know, I feel like any anything learning something new, it's always hard. I feel like that's one of the greatest things about being a CFI now that you see everything in such a clear light mm-hmm. like everything I was struggling with as a student now I'm like wow I can't believe I was struggling so hard it's I was flying today right before I drove down here and I was like trying to because my student like sometimes like as my students flying if they're flying for like 45 minutes and like it's just tough for them I'll take controls yeah. be like okay Take your hands, take your feet off, just like, breathe. <laughs> just, yeah, and it's like, uh, it's, it's good for them. And also, it's good for me to stay on the stick. But I was like, I was like trying to pay, I was trying to see if I could get the airspeed needle just pinned without moving a cent, mm-hmm. like without moving like a, um, a knot. <laughs> and I, I was pretty damn good. Like my airspeed, my VSI, and like a year ago, unfathomable. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. We're, you, you kind of, I guess you do kind of forget how wanna, hard it is. I just want to say when I sit here, I just want to give a major shout out to my two main instructors, like Trevor and um, Robin. Mm-hmm. I give you so much. Like being an instructor now yourself, you're like, you know, I've been torturing you guys. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I would... But you don't you don't know any better. No, that's and like now it's it's great because now when you have students and you know, I I love them so much, all of them. But you know, if there's something they're struggling with, you're like, oh, you know what? I remember. Yeah. I remember how fucking hard it was. Yeah. And then, you know, I feel like sitting in the left seat for a while just clarifies a few things because you sit and watch everybody else make mistakes, and you just realize like, huh, okay. Because you've learned so, you've learned like so many experiences. But when you're with them too, you see the mistakes they're making, and maybe yeah, they make different mistakes. Yeah, and it just clicks for you. Yeah, it's so beneficial yeah. to be a CFI. Yeah. It is. I, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's like it's been the greatest training I, I probably will ever do in my life, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, being in that left seat is oh. Oh, so much more learning than just being the pilot. Oh, absolutely. Um, speaking of being a CFI, mm-hmm. uh, this is kind of interesting. Um, I'm actually going to have Heather on next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's my second mm-hmm. guest, and I she's told me some stories. We'll see if we, I can get her to share on the podcast. But have you ever had any students do anything inappropriate or weird to you? Luckily, no. Okay. I feel like too, like Heather puts out the vibe that that's very not accept- accepted here. Totally. So I feel like that makes it easier for me too to be like, like, like an employee because that's kind of that's what the company put out too. Yeah. So I that's like I feel like that's that's you know. Yeah, it, it's totally unacceptable. Uh, but also being a CFI, what has happened 
to you. <laughs> and I like to put it that way, like, what, what have you gone through as a CFO? You know, so much. Like, I feel like, you know, you really learn those emergency lights. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know. And, uh, you know, just students learning. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of mistakes done, which is, that's why I'm here. So, you know, I'm so sorry, I'm like, no, you know, that's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, a lot of great things, you know, I, I feel like at this point, I don't want to say that nothing can surprise me because it, then somebody's going to do something where I was like, whoa, what, yeah. <laughs> what happened? Um, but yeah, you have a lot, you have a lot of, you have daily surprises and you realize that it's not going to be the students that are the least experienced that's going to surprise you. It's going to be the ones that are the most experienced. And that's so scary to me because I, I'll be honest, I totally let my guard down with my good students. Yeah. Like my students that are like in their commercial working towards their CFI, they're so sharp. Mm -hmm. And I, I do let my guard down. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a throttle guardian. Yeah. Like I'm trying to be. And, you know, I've had my overspeeds too. We all, I think we yep. all have. And that's just, it's kind of unavoidable as a CFI. I almost think so. Like we're trying to be on our 100% all day long. Yeah. And we work very long days and very long hours. Did you, just... have you had an engine or a rotor overspeed? So it was a little bit of both. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It was tiny though. And over the... It was like what you would say, David, like that's barely an overspeed. But you know, I'm like very on the safe side. You know, I still remember. And actually, I will give Mana Lore credit for that. I, we did a mechanic hangers tour and they talked to us about overspeeds. And they were like, even a little overspeed will not do something to you, but it will do something 20 hours down the line to another pilot. And an overspeed is just when the engine or the rotor exceeds its normal operating speed or limitation. Right. So we were doing hover autos. And what that's when you chop the engine in a hover. Yeah. And so you do that like maybe eight times. And then so you chop it, you come down to the ground, you roll back up. And then the trick is you roll to 80, let go. Yeah. The governor takes it. It's a little electrical motor that kind of controls the RPMs. Yeah. So, you know, my my I, I kind of that day, I probably didn't see her. She was getting like to the limit of like what she could do. Yes. And that that's so I, I, as I, see, I didn't recognize that. And then she rolled to 80 for the past six months, let it go. And that one, she just kept rolling. And at that point, I was like, okay, she's done it just to 80 on the past seven months. I didn't expect her to keep rolling on the eighth. So she, she just rolled the throttle. She kept rolling. And it just went. I heard it immediately and I just chopped the throttle and it barely went to like 106. So it was like. Oh, it was like is 106 an engine overspeed? Yeah, I would yeah. say so. It's above the green. Yeah, So it is. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. And it, it's scary. So that's what I said, Deb. I, I remember, I, I think I told you once, you were like, that's not. I was like, it is. <laughs> well, you know, we have all made, I've, I've oversped a helicopter as a student. Mm -hmm. I've had students overspeed me. Me too, yeah. I have chopped the throttle on myself as a student. I feel like that throttle chop thing like happens to me on a weekly basis me sometimes. Me too. It's like, so, and I, and you know what, to be honest, I kind of make it a little bit of a learning lesson for my students. I was like, that's how a real engine failure would feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like. You know, I will always ask them, do you, do you know what happens? And they usually be like, I think I had too much right pedal or something. I was like, yeah, probably that too. But what also happens was, you know, 
Well, and there, there's so many learning I lessons. Too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've, it wasn't that long oh, ago, Chris. That, that, that's what I tell all my students. I'm like, you know what? I was in your shoes a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be sorry. I totally get it. That's, you know, and I kind of see it as a full circle, you know, totally. somebody was there for me, you know, not getting, you know, the greatest pay. I don't think that's a secret uh-huh. in the industry and working long hours. We do it. We love it. But you know, it, it's also a long day sometimes and you know, somebody did it for me too. So yeah. I could get where I am today and I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful as well. And how many hours? Yep. They just came back. <laughs> <laughs> we just had another helicopter come back. Yeah. One of our helicopters just landed. Um, we have multiple days. How many hours did you fly today? Uh, six, I think. You flew six hours today. Mm. We are very lucky at this company that we fly a ton of hours also if you're looking for a job right now we're hiring uh yes it, come 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 it's a great place you're leaving <laughs> i'm but mad it's a great place it, no it's such a great Our, place to work had the best year here it, independent helicopters like search it up um it's a good place to work and we're hiring so if you've got your cfi um especially your cfi hit us up but you flew six hours today there were many days in the summer where Legally, as a CFI, you're only allowed to work eight hours, mm-hmm. fly eight hours. Mm-hmm. You can work 16 if there's like grounds and office right. time, whatever. But w- there was multiple days this summer where I, ta- I had to tap out legally. Mm-hmm. You too? Yeah. Like where you hit your eight hours and it's like, I can't legally fly anymore. Yeah. Nor should I. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, exactly. like, the, That's and the first honestly, it's like, it's, it's kind of selfish for us as instructors mm-hmm. because like we want to, we want the hours too, but your 8 a.m. student is not getting what the 6 p.m. student is getting. I'm really trying. Of course, yeah, but I, they're I, not. I, I am because I remember having, you know, you know, so, you know, I remember, you know, happened like having instructors that I don't fully was there. Yeah. Like ground or flight. And that sucks. And I still remember that feeling. And I remember I told myself that I'm really going to try not to have any of my students feel like that because that's a waste of their money. Totally. Yeah. And I, so I really try and be like, okay, it's, it's their money. It's their hour. I'm going to try and make it like them learn the most of it from that hour, even though they are my six o'clock student. It's, it's hard though. It is hard sometimes, you know, you just gotta, you know, get some coffee. <laughs> Chuck it. <laughs> so many times this summer I slept at the airport. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You know what? I, you know, I didn't because I'm like, I feel like there is like there's a little something here. What? Yeah. Like in this building? Yeah. Like a little ghost? I don't know. Maybe. Chris. I am not spiritual at all. Like I love everybody there is, but I'm not personally. But I, 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 that I was told, so I was like, I'm not going to even try. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't this location on an old church or something? It's on an old cemetery, I think. It's on a cemetery? I think so. Chris, don't <laughs> tell me that. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure, but I heard a rumor. Oh, God. So I was like, no, I'm driving home. You know what? I slept here once and like, it was a little bit weird feeling. Was it? Just, well, first off, it's just weird sleeping at work, hmm. especially like in this big like office building. By yourself? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's like it has big windows. I love this hangar. It's so beautiful, but it has big windows. We do have a beautiful hangar. Yeah. Um, I, w- I wonder if there's pictures, but search up independent helicopters. It, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful hangar. Um, so 
Chris, I'm devastated that you're leaving to go. <sighs> Me too. Yeah. Um, what would you tell Christina from 2017? Starting her helicopter journey. Into, I started. Well, before you started your helicopter journey. Okay. Before I started my helicopter journey, I didn't know I was going to start my helicopter journey. <laughs> so, kind of just went into it. I just kind of went into it. It was just like I just saw a big Huey one day and I was like, that's so sick. Like a military Huey? Yeah. Nice. And I was like, that's so cool. That would be fun to fly. And then I Googled, you know, helicopter schools in the US. We don't really have any in Europe. They're very expensive. Yeah. And then I went to Annabelle Helicopters. Okay, but what would you tell yourself? Like, what oh, advice? Yeah. Mm, um, don't do anything different. Yeah. To be completely honest, yeah. Because if I've done something different, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. It's kind of thing. And I feel like everything will happen as it should. And sometimes, you know, I feel like we're trying to force things that are not supposed to happen. And they're not supposed to happen. Yeah. They will happen in the time frame you need for you the things that are happening in your life yep and uh it's it's brutal but one thing that i experienced as i was going through flight school was it felt like everything was taking forever yeah like getting my hours getting to my check ride getting to the next check ride it was like things would not move as fast things just wouldn't move it felt like it was like this is dragging on forever and ever and now that i'm here it's like it, it wasn't that bad Oh no, it was so fast. But I I had that feeling too. Right. I can totally relate. And that's why I say to a lot of my students, you know, if they're like, oh, I feel like I'm taking so long compared to some something else they've heard. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like you're doing exactly how you should be doing. Otherwise you would be doing differently. Yeah. That's the thing. And I think that's important. Like sometimes we have to stop comparing, each, you know, each other to each other and just go by with what makes us happy, what works out for our life, and then it will work out. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. You passed your private. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. You passed your... <laughs> Did you pass your commercial? Uh, no. You failed your commercial. I failed my commercial. What did you fail your commercial on? Governor off. Governor off. Seriously, it was the only thing my instructor was like, oh, I should cheat. Like, like that's what we're... Uh, mm -hmm. Explain what governor off is. So basically, we have a little motor like a little governor, a little electrical motor that controls the RPMs. Yeah, it controls the engine RPM. They start stay in the green as we want. Yes. When you switch the governor off, you have to manually control that with a little throttle. Yeah. So when it's off, you just you just control it by yourself. It's controlled by yourself. And it's very sensitive. Yes. And you know, then yeah, I was we were coming in from an off airport and I thought we were gonna set up for an auto because we were very fast. We were very high. And then my 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 uh, GPU was like, well, govern off, land me at the spot. No. I remember you telling me this. You were very high. Okay, so I'm gonna describe it. Mm -hmm. um, you were very high, and the spot was like pretty much. It was like a very steep approach, mm -hmm. looking angle. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I'm gonna do an auto rotation. Like he's setting me up for an auto rotation. Yeah, I was sure. And then he's like, okay, governor off, off, make it a normal or make an approach down. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of had to dump my collective a little bit and we have like a correlator range. Yeah. That was not really working for me anymore <laughs> at that point. And I just over, I just completely over, was overthinking it. Just did too much to the throttle and you know, we came down, we sat down. But... Did you roll on or roll off? So I rolled off a little bit in the end. I went below the green. I, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm not the GP. Did the horn come on? No. Really? Mm. It was close though. 
Okay, so you the normal range is like 101 to 104, 101 to 102 or something. Yeah, so it's like 97. So you can you can so it it was it was close, and that, so that's why I don't I don't disagree with him. Okay. Like I did. So I feel like what was the ultimate thing here was like I I did the wrong correction. Yes. And I think that was what he had the problem. It doesn't matter that it wasn't that much. It was just wrong. It was just the wrong input. Yes. And, and I correct with it, and that's like I was like I made a safe landing. We made it down. You know, there was nothing from my point of view critical about it, but I do agree with him that it was the wrong corrective input. Yeah. And I completely lay flat. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're not wrong. So you had to go after you failed that and your heart sank. <laughs> you know, as anybody that's ever been a student, know that feeling. I feel like almost everybody felt something at yeah. some point. That's kind of like. Uh, you know, no, I know so many people that haven't. Yeah. Okay, but I want to keep I don't it going. Know, I almost don't know a single person. Um, so my commercial, mm. I passed. Mm. Your CFI, did you pass? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. My CFI, I failed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> on, that's why I'm saying we all felt something. <laughs> well, hold on, we're gonna keep going. <laughs> uh, and I found mine on an engine failure. So my yeah. my CFI check ride, my flight instructor check ride. I was in the left seat. He was the student. So he's like, okay, we're gonna do a simulated engine failure, and I'm gonna be the student. You're gonna be the instructor. And so what he did is, we entered the simulated engine failure. We're autoing, and. Uh, he kicks it out of trim really hard and he like changes the pitch and he like does puts the helicopter in a really weird position. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, my controls, take your hands off. I recover, get the helicopter safe. And I was like, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, good job, Devin. You're really solid. No problems there. And then he's like, what was, what was the, no or what did I mess up? And I was like, well, you did this, this, and this wrong. And he's like, what else? What was like? Oh, that's the worst question. Your your brain is empty, and you're scrambling for something. D dude, there was not a thought <laughs> between my eyes. There was nothing there. Oh, we've all been there. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. No. So he's like, and what about and what about the nose? Did the nose nose change direction? And I, like it had literally happened four <laughs> seconds before, and I couldn't I couldn't like picture it in my head. You know how you can picture something? Yeah. I couldn't see what had just happened. <laughs> And then he's like, Devin. I feel like that's a really good point of like how how stressful a trick ride can be. Yeah. Like you're completely blanking out. Well, after like three hours of ground and then flying for two hours, and I'm also I've been prepping for this for six months. <laughs> and then it's like literally before my CFI trick ride, I was like, I could not watch like TV shows because I was like, I cannot retain any more information. Yeah. Like, it's just like <laughs> it needs to stay in there and it has to stay there for my trick ride. And he was like, What happened? And I was like, and he was like what was the last thing that happened? Like the big thing. Mm -hmm. And it was that we were completely out of trim. Like the helicopter had yawed super hard. Like, and I, I corrected it, but I could not explain that. And it, and he was like, unfortunately, I can't pass you because you didn't see this massive thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, you're right. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Me failing this check ride is not about me not being good enough this was a learning right, lesson right massive learning lesson yeah. okay i think that's the important thing about any i feel like that's like anything that doesn't go the way you want to go in life it's a massive learning opportunity it's a benefit don't beat yourself up yeah great and i tell my students on the days when it's like their worst flight mm. like where they like totally mess something up and they're like having a bad bad day because everything is going wrong it's like this is way better than a good day like a day where everything goes fine, you don't learn a damn thing. Right. Very unproductive day.
No, I, I agree, and I. But it also, doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. I had I had days too where I just like was like, oh, that was not a great flight. You remember the one in Hawaii? I wanted that? to talk about that. Wait, hold on. <laughs> oh my god. That actually kind of leads like, in. Oh, yeah. So your IFR check ride, mm -hmm. did you pass? Yes. Okay, my IFR check ride, I also passed. Your CFII, your flight instructor instrument check ride, did you pass? Yes. You did? Yeah. Didn't you fail one? No. Oh my God, damn it. <laughs> I failed my commercial, I told you. That's the only one you failed? Yeah. Okay, I failed my CFII. Yeah. I failed it. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you why after you tell your story. Um, so one of the great things about uh, how we do IFR training, instrument training, is we do it in the, the 44, the four-seat helicopter. The reason we do this is, at least at Mauna Loa, uh, was because it has the better, nicer instrument avionics. Yes. So Christina was doing her training with her instructor, and there's two free seats in the back. So I was like... And I was also going through instrument training, so I was like, I'm going to get in the back. And, and Devin likes to get up at 5 o'clock. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, and because it's so beneficial, like it's free to me to go see you <laughs> struggle it. and mess up. <laughs> and it's honestly pretty great sometimes. Sitting in the back, it gives a lot of clarity. Yes. Because you're like, I don't get it. Because just, I feel like before you start flying, you can't, you can't imagine that adding on that flying, you have to actually control an aircraft while still maintaining some kind of brain functionality that can be pretty challenging. Yeah, well, and but like sitting in the back, being able to listen to what the instructor says mm -hmm. and what you say yeah. and look at the screens yeah. and not have to worry about flying. Yeah. Dude, invaluable. Mm -hmm. So okay. I was like, I'm gonna go backseat Chris's flight. <laughs> Let me tell from, uh, I'll tell from my perspective and then I want you to tell it. Okay, okay, I'm ready. We were going out to do <laughs> a VOR hold. Mm -hmm. It was like a DME hold or something, or was it a fixed hold? I think it was just a radio. It was just okay, a radio hold on a VOR. Yeah. yeah. So we go. She hits the fix. We start entering the hold. You mess up the entry. So Completely. yeah, you're supposed to do like a teardrop entry or something to the right. <laughs> do like a parallel entry to the left or something. <laughs> like so backwards, totally messed up. Yeah. Halfway through, like the first round uh, around the hold. Your instructor, or I guess he was one of um, the chiefs. Yeah. One of the chiefs. Yeah. He asks you, like, where in the hold are you? I have no fucking idea. She has no idea. No she sits idea. there for like a minute and she's like, I don't know. I don't know where I am. Yeah, <laughs> I was so lost. I was like, this is, and I feel like at that point I hit like a wall. I was like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm so, I'm so done with it. You're, you're flying the helicopter. You're <laughs> yeah. talking to uh atc maybe you're under the foggles mm -hmm. it's all new for you yeah it's a, incredibly difficult yeah and it's like that's basically what happens and i, I just I, I just i entered and i feel like i start turning the wrong way first or something <laughs> you like did that. i remember and it just messed the entire thing up and then i do my outbound or titter whatever i do and then i i fly for too long and I turn the wrong way again and it's like it just keeps on going and at some point I turned so many times under these foggles that I have no freaking idea where I am. <laughs> you know what it was a great lesson in like how like disoriented you can get under the foggles. Yeah. You can go really wrong really fast if you don't you know. So speaking of getting disoriented I was the first day I got here <laughs> um, or maybe like the first week I got here. Yeah. 
I had only ever flown in Hawaii,、mm-hmm. and Hawaii is a great place to fly because of the weather. But also, it's a circle. <laughs> like <laughs>、yes. the airport is on one side of the island. You can't get lost.、Yes. <laughs> like you follow the coast, and you can't get lost. Yeah. First week here, I want to cross country with a student. Yeah. Like I'm like I know sectionals. I know how to work the GPS. I'm just fine. Dude, we get like halfway out of the airspace,、yeah. and I'm like, this is kind of weird. Like. I'm used to like seeing water in a circle, and everything looks the same. So we start heading away from the airport, and it's like my, my this student's like second or third cross country, and he gets lost because he like had a, a nav log that he built, and he gets lost. And then I'm like, oh no, I have to figure this out. Luckily, I knew how to work the GPS, so I was able to put in the next place we're supposed to go. But it was very odd to me, like to see, like. It's like kind of like I imagine being lost in the ocean. Like everything looks the same. I don't know where to go. Yeah.、Um, but you can get very disoriented in the aircraft,、mm-hmm. in visual and instrument conditions. Yeah. And like everything, it looks a lot like alike out here. It's a lot of wood. Yes. And cliffs and I feel like once you've been here for a while, you kind of you get. Of course, you get to know the area. And I I think I had a little bit of a benefit coming back here. It's like I've flown out here for half a year. With an instructor, so I had a little bit of like situational awareness about where things were, but not really. Yeah. But you know, could get me out of major trouble, I guess. One of the benefits,、um, so where we went to school, we trained at a towered airport,、mm-hmm. a Delta,、mm-hmm. um, which is the smallest classification of a, a controlled airspace. One of the great things about where we work is we go into New York City Bravo every day. You more than me because we're at different locations. But when I'm working here,、mm-hmm. I'm in New York City most days.、Mm-hmm. Was flying in New York City's Bravo intimidating? Oh, I still remember my first time. Oh my god, I was like. Well, you tell me that story. What was the first time like? Yeah, so I I had a photo flight, and you know you have a customer basically that you know they're expecting a certain kind of. You know proficiency. <laughs> yeah, they expect you to know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Great, I'm gonna." You know, it, I was trying to ask him about like where are we going, like what kind of you know sites are we gonna take pictures of. So it's more like for professional use. It's not like you know recreational. It's more like they he use it for sell for business. They could do like models and stuff like that and see how far construction and stuff like that is going. So it was like very specific sites all over the city. You know, I tried to ask him like, "Hey, do you know where we're going?" He's like, "Yeah, I have a few different sites. We're doing about like seven different." And I was like, "Okay." Seven different locations. Yeah, and you know, so I kind of want to prepare, my, prepare myself the day before, try and figure it out on a flight, try and figure out like what routes I was going, what what towers I was talking to, all that, and I couldn't really get the information out. I didn't want to, you know. So I was like, "Okay, you know." I'm gonna figure it out tomorrow when he comes, and you know we did. And I went in there. I was like, you know, I'm gonna hope for the best. <laughs> I feel like we've all been in situations like that, and it worked out great.、Um, so who do you have to talk to? Ah,、uh, you know all of them. JFK, LaGuardia, JFK, JFK Newark. Newark. Yeah. And how was it? It was great. They're wonderful people. They're the- and, and I feel like that's the thing. Like, so it's not. It's actually not. It's sometimes the anticipation of doing it. And you're like, holy fuck! If there's something I don't know, what am I gonna do?、Yeah. Like I, you know. But they're hum- they're human beings too. Yeah. They'll help you out. And I think out here where we fly, we have great controls, and then we have controls that are a little bit more rigid. Yes. Yeah. We can call it that. Yeah. So I I was like, oh my god, going in there must be ten times worse. 
they're gonna probably gonna be so mean to you if you don't like spite on the spot. And the thing is that they are just the nicest people. Just, it, they're great in there, and they, you know, anytime I do anything in there, it's like it's always a good time. I've had. I think they are some of the best controls in the world. Mm -hmm. JFK, LaGuardia, Newark, um, New York Airspace. They're very good at what they're doing. Right. They know what. Uh, they know how to help you. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've had nice. a great experience. Chris, um, we're going to wrap it up right there because I woke up at 5 this morning. Me too. And it is now 10 p.m. <laughs> <Yes>. No naps. <laughs> a ton of coffee. Yes, lots of coffee, lots of caffeine. Yeah. Chris, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. You too. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> okay, take care. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs>